Well, I brought my lunchbox with me today. I thought maybe it's going to be a long message. Hopefully not with seven baptisms, but um, I thought a little snack wouldn't go amiss. And uh, actually, my son gave this to me. This is a, this is an environmentally friendly lunch bag, so take note of that, please. And uh, inside here, we have a beautiful Granny Smith apple, fresh from one of our trees. I'll, I'll be talking a little bit about that tonight, by the way, the story of the Granny Smith apple. So come along if you'd like to hear more about that. Don't stay away if you wouldn't like to hear more about that. Um, but we're going to be talking today, we're going to start off a new series about the fruit of the Spirit. And um, so I bought the Granny Smith just to kind of keep me on track. So the scripture we're going to be referring to is Galatians chapter 5 and verses 22 to 23. We've been having a bit of a problem with the screen, but hopefully uh, some of it will come up f- for you. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There's no law against these things. Now, if you're an orchardist, you just don't think about one Granny Smith, right? As an orchardist, I used to be an orchardist, by the way. You're interested in the harvest. And when we're talking about fruit of the Spirit, it's often we go to that place as individuals of thinking, well, this will help me to live life better. And it will. John chapter 10, verse 10. If you live with the fruit of the Spirit in your life, you'll know something of what it is to live life and life in all of its fullness. But the master gardener, God himself, is not just interested in us living a good life. The master gardener is interested in the harvest. And the big idea I want us to think about this morning is that when our lives exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, people see something of what God intends for humanity. And they see something of God's love being outworked through our lives that people might come to know Christ. I guarantee that each of the people being baptized this morning, it was because they saw something of the fruit of the Spirit in people's lives. They saw God's love being outworked through those people that drew them to a relationship with Jesus. And your life and my life is to do just that very thing. You may have heard it said that you can't... I better just read this so that I get it right. You can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed. You can count the seeds in an apple. I could get a pocket knife or crunch into this apple. I won't do that because that would be incredibly rude not to have enough to share with all of you this morning. And you could count the seeds, right? I don't know how many seeds would be in this apple. Let's say there are 50. But you can't count the number of apples in a seed. One seed could produce hundreds, thousands of apples. I tell you about Mrs. Smith tonight who discovered the Granny Smith. And who would have known that from that one seed there would come millions of apples that reached the nations of the world? What an inspiring story of the Granny Smith apple. And your life and my life is to be like that. We're not just to consume you know, what God is doing in our lives for ourselves, even though it does help us to live life and life in all of its fullness. But our life is to be seeds that represent God's kingdom, God's love, that draw others into a saving relationship with Jesus. There's a scripture in Luke chapter 4. This is when Jesus opened the scroll from Isaiah and he read these words. And this morning as we're thinking about the fruit of the Spirit, and I'm kind of doing an introduction this morning, if our lives produce the fruit of the Spirit, and that has to be the Holy Spirit working within us, then these are the kind of lives that we can live. Jesus opened up 
that scroll, Isaiah chapter 61 and Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 19, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has, he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim what the captives, that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That's good news, isn't it? To a cow, that's good news, isn't it? I understand you're going on a picnic soon. That's also good news. But this is good news. And our lives are to be like that. You know, we're to live those kind of lives if our lives are characterized by the fruit of the Spirit at work within us. The person God created and empowered you to be by the Spirit is a person who's loving, who's joyful, who's patient and kind, a person known for their goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, being an orchardist, I thought I might, you'll have to forgive me, but I think in horticultural type terms, it's just how I'm wired. So I thought, well, there are two questions I always think about. Why is this important? Well, the fruit of the Spirit are important because they reveal God's love to the world. They're part of God's plan of redemption that started at Genesis and will finish in Revelation. But how do we produce fruit? That's when you need an orchardist, right? So a few, a few lessons from the orchard that I hope you'll find helpful. The first thought this morning is you have to be purposed. You have to be purposed to produce the fruit of the Spirit. And who can tell me that being purposed is one of our values? It doesn't just happen. You have to be purposed to produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life. On the orchard, we try and be purposed about everything that we do. It was 21. I was 21 before I experienced a summer holiday. Thank you for that. You might ask, why was it? Did you lead a deprived childhood? No, because summer's a busy time on the orchard. You're getting ready for the harvest. And you don't go and have a holiday. Don't go to the beach, water skiing, all of those sorts of things that you guys probably did. Because milk cows, yes, I guess you probably were. Because you're, you're busy getting ready for the harvest. We went for holidays in August. When it was cold and it was wet, when August, when holidays still used to be in August, they're not in August anymore, are they? You guys get three lots of holidays a year now, is that right? We only had two when I was growing up. I know, it's a sad thing. Because, you know, you went in the middle of winter because after the pruning was done, that was a time for rest and relaxation. Because you were purposed, because it was all about the harvest. If we're going to produce fruit, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, it's not something that's going to happen just by default. It's something that we're going to have to be intentional about doing. Josh mentioned um, Richard Carter's celebration service on Tuesday. That was amazing, wasn't it? I never knew that his motorhome, he's our motorhome consultant. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be, you know, bereft now. Who's my advisor about all things concerning motorhomes? Um, but I, I never knew that their motorhome, Meander, was about me and her. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That was something I learned on Tuesday. But you know, I think the words that came to mind from Richard's celebration service were words like a man who was safe, a man who was a role model, a man who honoured God, a man who was there for others. And really what I think people were talking about was the fruit of the spirit that was seen in Richard's life. And that is, is his legacy. One young man spoke and said, I never had really a, a, a sort of a godly role model. My word's not his. A, a godly male model, 
role model in my life, but Richard was that person for me. The fruit of the Spirit in Richard's life impacted other people to understand something of God's love for them. Maybe online, that will speak to you this morning. Just think about, do you see God's Spirit at work in people's lives? Do you see the fruit of the Spirit that makes God's love real for you? As Christians, we're only really called to do two things. Matthew chapter 22, verses 30 to 7, 37 to 39. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. Love God and love others. Christianity isn't complicated. We make it complicated It's simple. Does that mean it's hard to do? Does that mean it's easy to do? Absolutely not. But it is profoundly simple. We're to love God and to love others. And as people see the fruit of the Spirit in my life and your life, they see something of God's love for them. We need to be purposed and understand that. The fruit of the Spirit is the ongoing evidence in our lives that we must be purposed. And Paul talks in Galatians, before Galatians 5, he talks about the Spirit that's waging between good and evil, between the the flesh and the spirit. And we have to intentionally decide to do those things, to live according to the spirit, so that that fruit might be seen in our lives. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that further on. You don't have to be perfect, but you do have to be purposed. Did you hear that? You don't have to be perfect. I'm not perfect. Just ask my wife, Gillian. She'll shatter any illusions for you very quickly. But you do have to be purposed. The second thing I want to talk about from the orchard this morning is we're thinking about this Granny Smith, and what a lovely specimen she is too, or he is for that matter. Isn't perfect, by the way, look, a little blemish on the bottom, but a wonderful apple nevertheless. I'll enjoy having that later on. Fruit trees will produce fruit according to their kind. Imagine if I planted a Granny Smith apple and went out and harvested it, And it was something else, some sort of insipid yellow-looking thing that was soft and full of coddling moth. I'd be disappointed, wouldn't you, if you'd been planted that Granny Smith and you'd nurtured it and tended it and waiting for that day of harvest, and then you picked something that was different. And so we need to understand that fruit trees produce after their kind. Friends, you and I produce after our kind. We're created in God's image. And so we're to produce after that. There's a passage of scripture in Genesis I'm going to read to you, Genesis 1, 26 to 28. It's called the creation mandate, simply meaning what is it that we were created for? Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. And they will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds of the air, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and the animals that scurry along the ground. When God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden before the fall, they would have perfectly lived out the fruit of the Spirit. And that is what God intends for humanity. Jesus came and lived amongst us. We talk about Jesus being born as a human being, took on human flesh, and he lived out perfectly what it is to be human. 
You and I often live a subhuman level when we don't live according to the fruit of the Spirit, when I'm not loving, when there isn't goodness in my life, when I'm not patient, when I'm not kind, when I'm not self-controlled. I live at a lesser level than what God intended human beings to live at. I'm going to talk tonight about the story of that, um, of that guy who's been on the news, and um, he's a disabled man who's blind, and, and just the way in which New Zealanders gathered around to, to rally to his need. Now, when you see people doing things like that, you get a glimpse of what God intended humanity to be like, and that's how you and I are to live. We're to live in that kind of way. We're to produce fruit after what we're created to be. We're to live life empowered by the Spirit, which produces the fruit of the Spirit. So don't settle for life that is inferior to what God intended. I just felt prophetically that God's saying to us this morning, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I felt it was like a statement, Michael, when people come come in contact with me, can they taste and see that God is good by my interactions with people? You know, when you have interactions with people, when you're at school on Monday or when you're at work or wherever you are, whatever you're doing, when you're at the gym, wherever it might be, do people taste and see the goodness of God in your life and my life? If if we're exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, they'll see something of God's love through us. So the second thought this morning is that fruit trees produce according to their kind. We're created in God's image. We're created to have this fruit abundantly in our lives that people might see God's love for them. You see, the father's concerned not just about one apple, he's concerned about the harvest. And we'd have to live our lives intentionally in a way that brings in the harvest. The third thought from the orchard um, this morning is, how do we ensure that trees remain fruitful? And I've got four thoughts that I want to leave you with this morning about how to maintain our fruitfulness. The first is, what is unseen is is as important as what is seen. You know, when you look at a tree and you see the canopy of a tree, you forget that on average, as much as you see above the surface is underneath the ground. And friends, the, the health of the roots of the tree are just as important as the canopy of the tree above the ground. Not too dissimilar from humans. You know, I only see you, um, you know, today or during the week. I only see what's above the ground. But what's going on in our lives beneath the ground is incredibly important. We need to ensure the parts of the tree remain healthy. And and one of the things that will affect a, a fruit tree is this unexpected trauma. You know, we're having, it's getting really dry in the Waikato, isn't it, Nigel? You know, we need more rain in the Waikato right now. And even though this beautiful autumn weather, those sorts of things can stress a tree. There are things in your life that can stress you, unexpected trauma, unexpected circumstances. Going to talk later, later on, I really felt God speaking this morning about forgiveness, unresolved issues in our lives. Those are things that are happening beneath the surface, but they're going to affect our productivity. So how is it that we're allowing Holy Spirit to deal with those things? How are you processing unexpected trauma in your life? We need to have regular nutrition. On the orchard, it's much better to be trickling something into the tree on an ongoing basis rather than a flood one week and nothing the next week. So how are we continuing to feed ourselves on a regular basis? I often say to people, it would be better to read a verse of the Bible and think about it than a chapter of the Bible and not think about it. So how are we doing that? 
How am I doing that in my life and your life? Where are, the, where are the places that are rocky for you right now? Make sure that you have boundaries in your life so that people don't pollute your life with lack of self-control or lack of gentleness, lack of faithfulness, people who display little kindness and patience, people who don't have peace and love and joy. Watch out for those influences. And so we need to watch out for what's unseen. We need to prevent biennial bearing. That sounds a very technical term. And fruit trees... Mandarins are the worst, there's not much you can do about them, but you can do something about most other sorts of fruit trees. They have a really heavy crop one year and nothing the next. Who's got a fruit tree and it carries a big crop one year and and little the next? And so we need to learn how to manage that. And one of the ways we do that in the orchard is when the fruit tree is on its on year, we thin off some of that fruit. Because amazingly, when the fruit is being produced, the fruit buds are being initiated for next year's crop. So we can alter the hormonal balance in the tree if we prune off some of that fruit. Too much information. I'll keep it simpler. (laughs) I'm getting carried away. What does it mean for us to thin out some of the things in our lives? I really believe that, you know, there's enough time to do what God's called us to do in the season of life we're in. But what is God calling you to do in the season of life that you're in? Allow the Holy Spirit to give you some wisdom and revelation about that. I think we've been told a a lie in the church, and and not just the church, but in the Western world, about balance. You know, balance is not actually a Christian worldview. It's more of an Eastern mysticism worldview. You must live the perfectly balanced life. Christian worldview talks about seasons. Know what season you're in. You know, some seasons are incredibly busy, and that's okay. It's a busy season. What's not okay is that every season is a busy season. So for me to miss out on summer holidays for the sake of the harvest, that's okay. Because I'll be trout fishing in August and it'll be a beautiful thing when I'm having to wipe the frost off the boat and thaw out my line in the water because it's frosted up through the islets. What does that look like for you? Don't forget about Spending time with God, prayer, reflection, celebration like we are today. Don't forget about sleep and nutritious food and exercise, life-giving relationships, work and study, serving and generosity. Work out what's the most productive time of of your day and what is it you need to do in the most productive time of your day. Like assignments should be done in the most productive time of the day, right? Rather than the least productive Lots of people are not looking at least bit convinced by that last statement. What does it look like for us to live a sustained life? Thirdly, pruning will sustain fruitfulness. The scripture in John chapter 15, verses 1 to 4, Jesus said, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do produce fruit so that they will be even more fruitful. I have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. A branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. What is it that God's wanting to prune in our lives in this season? Maybe there's some diseased wood that God's wanting to prune. Are you happy with the size and the shape of who you are? You know, each tree has a size and shape. What's the size and shape that God wants you to be? What does that look like for you? 
Allow God to prune you so that you might become more, pr- more fruitful. Are you nursing old hurts? Are you finding it hard to allow God to remove them? Can you trust God, the master gardener? God loves you so much that he doesn't want to leave you as he found you. Can we trust God with the pruning? Pruning is incredibly painful sometimes, but I love that illustration Pastor Steve gave about where grace and faithfulness collide, that something miraculous can happen. As you have faith for what God is pruning in your life, God's grace is there, and something miraculous can happen in the midst of that. And the whole reason for pruning is that you might be even more fruitful, that God's kingdom might be extended to a greater dimension. And my last point this morning about being fruitful is disease and pest control. You know, the best thing you can do on the orchard for disease and pest control is to grow a healthy tree. And the best thing that you can do, you know, for the, for the enemy would come to kill, to rob, to steal and destroy. The best act of spiritual warfare is to produce fruit of the Spirit, to be loving, to be joyful, to have self-control, to be faithful, to have a spirit of gentleness, These are things that will stand you in good attack, good stead against the attack of the enemy. There's been extensive research done on just how intricately and wonderfully we're made. And you know, there probably isn't a time when you would pray for an hour every day, but there should should seldom be a day when an hour goes by when you don't pray. How, How do you do that? How do you make sure that health is maintained in your life? Reading the Bible, prayer, reflection, having people who can speak into your life, being accountable, these are all things that will keep you healthy. Prophetically, I feel God saying today that God is speaking to people about keeping your lives healthy mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And as I bring this to a close, I believe Holy Spirit will speak to you about one of those areas, and maybe just one thing, just one thing that you could do mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, that would enable you to be more fruitful with the fruit of the Spirit in the season that you're in. The big idea today is that the fruit of the Spirit is not just about life and life in all of its fullness for us. It's not just about consuming this apple, but this apple, the seeds in this apple can touch a nation, nations of the world. How can your life and my life, as we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, touch neighbours, family, friends, this nation, other nations? How can they see God's love revealed through your life and my life that they might come to know faith in Christ?